Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Women's Running Magazine. Written by Luke Condor. Narrated by Josh Curran. My legs had failed. My chest was pounding, pulsing up and down in erratic syncopation. I struggled to breathe. The infection was spreading now, but I could see the finish line. The red tape blowing gently in the breeze. The hungries behind me were locked on. Their groaning in my ears. Their rotting scent in my nose. I was nearly there. I was nearly at the end. I was so close, so damn close. I was about to finish the London Marathon. How far had I come? I thought, how far had I run? (sighs) Twenty-three hours ago, I woke up, and the first thing that came to my mind was a fact, a tidbit of information. It was from a book I'd read once, called Women's Running Magazine. On the cover was an out-of-breath, but physically fit brunette with pink form-fitting lycra. She was power-running across a bridge. It was a pretty good magazine, full of little tips and tricks. The tip said to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. It said that if you breathe only through your mouth, you'll get a side cramp. It can be debilitating, it said. Not so bad in the old world. Move over to the side, rest your hand against the wall and take a few minutes. But in this world, it would be death. It was a strange fact to come to my mind. A random and loose memory that seemed to appear from nowhere, as if my subconscious knew where I was before the rest of me caught on. My head was out of shape with two fresh dents on the scalp and a yellow cattle tag with the number 110 stamped on it was threaded through the tough, gristly bit of my ear. I couldn't tell, 
but I was sure I was crying blood. What looked like juice from raw beef dripped out of my tear ducts and onto my cheeks and hands. The clothing was clean though. Fresh pressed, form fitting, all grey. My feet were slotted into second skin shoes with a rough texture for grip. I didn't recognise the Docklands, or the hotels, cafes, burger vans, all from the old world, before my time. But I recognised the people looking at me. They were the gamers. Sharp suits, and all the money pouring out of their clean faces and freshly shaved chins. They were the ones who took control after the world fell, after the virus was born in a hospital in the city. Do you know where you are? said the gamer in front. His face was perfect and clean and his hair was gelled and combed to the side, unlike my own or any of my town brethren. One ten. Do you know where you are? The people weren't really there, though. They were translucent and thin. A 2D image on a single sheet of glass sticking into the floor. It was clever. They were clever. There was a reason the gamers are in charge of the world now. I nodded, unsure of my own name. I felt like that part of my brain was inaccessible like they dipped into my skull and pulled out the chunks that stored those memories. My name. My mother's name. My purpose. So you know what you have to do? The gamer said. I nodded again. Of course I knew. I could already feel the sick travelling up my throat and sticking against the back of my tongue. I was in the race. Not just any race. I was in the death race of the new world. I was in the London Marathon. So, you have 24 hours before the Fitzpatrick virus becomes incurable. Follow the river, do what you can to survive, and have fun, 110. You're making entertainment. You're making history. I didn't even let the voice finish before I turned and sprinted away from the glass and along the path by the side of the river. We'd seen plenty of marathons in the past, screened on the great glass panels in the towns. Evenings spent watching with my town brethren praying that whichever unlucky soul had been picked would make it all the way to the end. It used to be a once-a-year game, but they've been getting ever more frequent, as if the gamer's hunger for entertainment was building like the hunger of the dead living within the quarantined walls of the old capital. For a while I ran along the side of the dark waters and towards three great towers in the distance. The central one had a sharp edge poking the sky. It didn't signal the end of the race, but it made for a good compass point. I'd never ran so far so quickly in my life. The small amount of pre-training I'd done helped a little. I kicked myself for not doing more, but that's how they got you. You watch the races on the glass panels, and you see people just like you. Running. And dying. Always dying. Occasionally you see people you know. Town brethren. People from your factory. But you never think it could be you. Not in a million years. But then it is you, and the reality of it slams you like a mine fork in the chin. By the time I reached the first tower, my body was covered in sweat, and my lungs felt ready to pop. The back of my legs ached, and the ends of my fingers were fizzy. I had no idea how long I'd been running, but the sun was starting to rise now. I knew it wasn't even a quarter of the way yet. My body screamed for a break. It told me I was making good time, I could rest a little, conserve my energy. So I stopped, fell to my knees, and rested my head in my hands. I did like the magazine said. I breathed, in through the nose, and out through the mouth. It was there that I came into contact with my first hungry, 
a mind ravaged by the Fitzpatrick virus. His grey running overalls were dirtied and bloody. One of those who failed. Not too long ago, either. His face looked relatively fresh, the skin dirty and white, but mostly together. The thing growled as it ran towards me, its eyes looking at me like I was salvation from its torment. And then, as if by magic, the fear filled me with energy. Energy hidden behind layers of mental doubt. The hungry was slow but unrelenting, and in order to keep myself alive, I had to do the same. So I ran. I kept on running, even as my breath hurt and the beating of my blood beneath my collarbone throbbed with each pump. I couldn't stop. I knew that. I couldn't stop. More hungries joined as I passed an old building, older than the rest of them, wide and revered with giant stone bricks, a royal's house perhaps. The older ones with grey flesh falling away like mildewed clothing couldn't keep up, but there were enough fresher ones, old runners, to keep me going. I crossed the bridge over the giant river that took what little breath I had away. It must have been a beautiful place, in the old times. But now, everything was covered in a layer of dust and dirt, and even from there I could see the high quarantine walls circling the city. They were erected back when the Fitzpatrick first hit, a way of keeping the disease at bay, but they were too late to save the city, so they trapped it in instead. That was a long time ago, before I or my father was born. I'd read other books about the city. I'd seen pictures too, from back before the Fitzpatrick. It looked nice. It looked like it held promise within its grey and white stone pathways and towers. It didn't look like that anymore. Nowadays it looked more like an arena. Eventually the clear path diverted from the river, more glass panels with arrows marking the track, leading me further into the centre, into the mess of trashed cars covered in nature and bones. One of the hungries leapt out of a stairway leading into the ground. It would have caught me with his fingers if I hadn't noticed it at the last second and pulled my arm away. It cried at its lost meal and dropped behind with the others. A mob of them now, at least thirty. Cramp now spasmed through my legs and my lower back. If I had any water left in my body, it had long since filtered out through my skin. My mouth was sore and dry, and the skin of my feet, even within these special shoes, felt hot and wet. I was sure they were bleeding. But that's when I saw it. I saw something I'd never seen on the glass panels in the towns. I saw something that no other runner had seen. I saw the finish line. The single line of red fabric marking the end of the race. The final roadway was through an old park with overgrown trees and greenery. A beautiful gold statue ahead of me and a giant building of white at the end. It looked like it would have been an important building at one time. It wasn't tall like the others that came before, but there was something special about it. Even now, Maybe even more so. I wondered if the gamers had cleaned it up or if my eyes painted it in a special light as it marked the end of my torment and the end of the race. That's when my legs gave up and I rolled onto the floor, crashing my shoulder and scraping the skin away on the road. The hungries were catching up now. They hadn't given up. Their internal systems wouldn't let them. I looked further down the road, back to where I'd ran from to see at least a hundred of them. 
more bodies in a single area than I'd seen in my life. They covered the width of the road and ran towards me with a guttural scream that cut at my ears and my soul. More deep breaths. In and out. They were coming. They were excited for their meal. I turned and looked to the finish line. Women's Running Magazine said that our bodies are stronger than our minds. Limitations are in the mind first and the body second. Placing my hands on my sides, I pushed myself back to a standing position. I limped onwards towards the finish. I wanted to vomit, I wanted to cry, I wanted to weep, but I wanted to live. Pressing myself through the red tape, it snapped easily and gently floated to the floor. I didn't know what would happen next. The glass panel remained empty. The hungries were still coming. I looked around for a sign of my coming rescue. I had won. I was the winner. Congratulations, 110! A voice behind me. I turned to see it was the same distinguished gamer as before. (laughs) I won! I said through painful gasps. I know, I know, and again, my congratulations! Your town brothers watched you and cheered for you. You were quite a runner. Unfortunate that you failed there in the end. The words didn't make sense to me. It must have been evident in my face as the gamer went on. (laughs) Forgive me for confusing you. I mean, you're not the first one to make it all the way to the end. But you see, this Fitzpatrick disease really is a stubborn one, and we really don't quite have the cure cracked yet. So we can't be bringing you back out of the quarantine, can we? Can't have you infecting everyone. But the panels in the towns? Sure, your town brothers saw you run valiantly, but we had to cut the feed when you made it to the mall. An electrical failure to them. We just have to get a shot of your dead body to send back. For evidence. They need to see that you failed. They need to see your face all chewed up. (laughs) But I won! Yes, don't worry, old chap. I know that. You know that. We both know that. But your town brothers can never know. So congratulations again. Seriously, good show. Very impressive. You're a true champion. Now then, it looks like our business is almost concluded. Thanks again, 110. You were fantastic entertainment. With that, the gamer disappeared and the panel emptied. I turned to look at the oncoming hungries. Now less than a hundred feet away. I thought back to my town. I remembered now. There was a library of sorts. Old books and magazines that one of the town brothers had found. It was there that I'd read the magazine. Women's Running Magazine. I liked it. It told me there's nothing more fulfilling than the proud feeling of finishing your first marathon. The hungry in the front opened its mouth good and wide. I could smell its fizzy, rotten breath as it leaped forward towards me. Yes. I guess the magazine was right in a way. I did kind of feel proud. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. 
Women's Running Magazine was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Thalamus Lab and Tom Robson. Every episode of The Other Stories is produced by a small team of passionate storytellers and creatives. Each episode takes hours to write, narrate, edit and produce, and we do it all for the love of it. However, producing a podcast does come with its own expenses. So if you'd like to keep the show going and keep us producing new episodes, then you can now do that by entering Hawk and Cleaver's Birdcage. You can pledge from as little as a dollar a month to get access to episodes before they're released, behind-the-scenes madness, and you may or may not receive a visit from Kez. A nice visit. As long as there's team biscuits. Anyway, you can join the Birdcage by going to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash the birdcage. Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.